got friends on me, wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when things expensive. I got expensive, cause when things expensive. I've been reading out of work. Good Tuesday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the freight sales podcast for closers. I am not Kevin Hill. Uh, I am Kaylee Nix here doing a little stand-in for Kevin Hill here with Richie Daigle. You you are the common thread on this one, so I'm going to be leaning on him a lot today. (laughs) Yeah, it's good to have you here. I'm excited to get to host with you finally. I've seen, watched a lot of your shows, you know, never been on the same stage together, but it should be a good one. We're talking all about what some people are calling the great resignation today. I'm calling it the great job exodus. Basically, if you are looking for a job, if you're looking to move jobs, it's your market. You should get out. You should do that because everybody's looking to hire people and the pool of people to hire from is, is pretty small right now. But, you know, some experts are saying, you know, be careful because you also hold a lot of leverage and maybe you should go talk to your boss or your supervisor because... You know, it's, uh, if, you're, if you're a hard worker, you're a hot commodity right now. Absolutely. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more with Charlie Sappho, president and founder of CS Recruiting. She's going to tell us a little bit about what she's seeing in the job market and maybe give us some tips and pointers when it comes to making those negotiations and using some of that leverage when it comes to your current situation. Before we dive into that, though, of course, uh, this podcast is sponsored by Surge Transportation. Surge Transportation is the fastest growing 3PL in the logistics space today. Based in Chicago and Jacksonville, they offer unrestricted access to almost all accounts, limitless territory, and a chance to be a key player in a growing company. To find out more, email jobs at surgetransportation.com. So should we just dive into our first segment of the day? I think we should. I think it's pretty uh, straightforward. And, you know, I get the feeling that the pandemic has just shaken so many different snow globes. Mm -hmm. The, The whole snow globe of freight, as we all know, has been shook and everything is still settling. But... Another snow globe that was, you know, shook from the pandemic. I don't know if I'm using that word correctly, but um, is 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 employment in general. And uh, I think things are still settling, and I think this will be an interesting topic to jump into. I think so as well. We've got a chart from Morning Brew. They set up the kind of foundation of this great resignation, right? And we can really see that there's that drop off from the pandemic last year. Lots of people found out of work and then boom, there they go, just taking off, right? And you've got, like you said, employment employers really are kind of on the back burner for this right now. If you're seeking a job, looking to change jobs, it's you have the power, you hold all the chips. Yeah, and you know, and it's weird because it's different by industry. Uh, there's certain industries that when the pandemic set in, you know, in the service industries, like, you know, restaurant jobs and, mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine Disney World and, and the travel industry completely, uh, those jobs just up and disappeared. And all those people went looking for employment elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm, I, I was one of them. I was in the travel industry before joining Freightways. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, th- and then there's other parts of the economy that have expanded massively and they are needing workers. So there's been this big shift of people from changing industries and now you're starting to see services come back online. Now those jobs are needed. Certain people are happier where they landed. And now we're in the, the situation that we're in. And so 4 million people, approximately 2.7% of U.S. workers quit their job in April. And that's a record going back to 2000, which, you know, a 21-year record standing strong. And according to Microsoft, about 41% of workers globally, so almost half of the global workforce, are considering leaving their jobs. And there's a couple of key reasons from this, of course, stemming from the pandemic first. 
But workers who didn't like their job stuck with it during the pandemic. They're just choosing to not stick with it anymore. They got fed up and they said, hey, I don't need to take this anymore. I can go seek something else. A lot of people are retiring early, cashing in on booming stock markets and rising home values. And a lot of people have reevaluated their career paths after this unprecedented year, which is what we were talking about earlier, you know. Used to be the, you've got an eight to five, you clock in at eight, you clock out at five. But I mentioned a lot of people have kind of come to this realization that you work the majority of your life. Why would you want to keep working in a place that you don't absolutely love? Exactly. Uh, and people are, are starting to put values to what they're doing. You mm -hmm. know, it's more than just money. They want to have a sense of fulfillment that they're doing something that, uh, you know, gives them the warm and fuzzy, so to speak, or at least makes them feel like they're, they're giving back to the, the community at, at large. And that, that plays a big role in, in how people feel about whatever it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to mention, of course, we're live on LinkedIn, as we normally are during this time. So awesome. if you guys haven't quite tuned in there, make sure that you go catch us there, leave us a comment. Maybe if you're seeking a new job, tell us why. Talk to us where you are currently, what you're looking to do, and what's the driving factor behind you deciding to switch these industries. Yeah, definitely. I think there's some big narratives that are out there uh, that I'm, I'm curious to hear from Charlie when, when she comes on, you know, if what she's experiencing, at least in the transportation sector of the economy, if they're holding to that narrative. But, you mm -hmm. know, some there's those narratives saying that with all the stimulus checks that people are just sitting back and living on that and not wanting to work some of those, uh, you know, low-paying, low blue-collar types of mm -hmm. jobs. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a lot to unpack there. I think it's a bit more complicated. And I also think that it's interesting because both of us offer kind of a different perspective, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm that younger millennial generation where I graduated college three years ago. I still have friends that are still in college or just out looking for their first job. And seeing them seek their first job is totally different to even that three years ago when I was looking. A lot of people are looking for a flexible work environment. They're looking for not only the pay structure, how's your culture? How's your benefits? What's the growth opportunities look like within that company and also for the company as a whole? And I think that there's kind of this deep dive of values to the work that you're doing, like you mentioned, that is a little bit different than before. Definitely, definitely. And when I came out of college, it was right in the middle of the recession, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in 2009. So trying to find any kind of a job anywhere, you know, was, was extremely challenging. And uh, so, yeah, the dynamics are, are wildly different. And uh, yeah, I do feel a little bit old now. <laughs> <laughs> no need to feel old. It's fine. It's fine. And so earlier today on Freight Waves Now, uh, me and Michael Vincent were talking about kind of how there's a shift in the transportation industry. A lot of fleet drivers are kind of striking out on their own and going the owner-operator route and thinking, hey, maybe there's a little bit of a future for myself that I can build for myself, take the reins into my own hands, put the steering wheel in my own hands to make it a pun totally intended, and really capitalize on this market. And what do you think about that opportunity? Is it smart to kind of leave the safety security net of maybe being a fleet driver and take a risk? Or do you think that these drivers should kind of hold off a little bit? I think, uh, you know, God and the devil live in the details. So I think that if you're going to branch out, you have to have a plan, you have to have a strategy, you need to have a niche that you want to go after. Um, and not just saying, hey, everybody else is doing it, I'm going to do it too. And I think if you jump out without a plan, without like some sort of detailed strategy, it might work, but your odds aren't as good as, as if you have a plan or a strategy for, for that type of a move. I definitely agree with that. I'm, I'm the type of person where I fly by the seat of my pants. Um, I make decisions without thinking about them and without necessarily thinking of the consequences. 
So that is super, super sound advice, especially in this type of job market. And even just because it is the job seekers market doesn't necessarily mean you should burn bridges or just jump out without a parachute and, a, and a, an extra plan. Exactly. How you go about doing whatever it is that you're doing is just as important as whatever it is that you're doing. And as why you're, why you're doing it as well. Let's bring on our guest. We've got Charlie Sappho. She's the president and founder of CS Recruiting, talking all about what she's seeing for the recruiting trends and the job market currently. Charlie, welcome to Put That Coffee Down. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. We're excited to have you. And so first things first, just give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you land in the recruiting space. Sure. So I am the founder and owner, uh, president of CS Recruiting. We're about a 30-person recruiting firm in Chicago specializing in the supply chain logistics transportation space. So this is all we do. We speak the language. It's all we know. Um, Not something I thought I would be doing if you would have asked me in third or fourth grade what I wanted to be when I grew up, but got sucked into the industry a few years out of college and probably like everyone else, I've I've stayed and really been enjoying the ride. So um, it's a crazy market right now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we were just talking, as I'm sure you heard, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now with people wanting to change jobs, wanting to change industries, reevaluating their, their situation and saying, wow, the grass sure does look greener on the other side of the river. Maybe yeah. I could do something different. And there's a lot of narratives that are that are out there um, about why that that's occurring right now. What are you seeing on the ground? I mean, you are talking to job candidates. You're talking to companies that are looking to hire every day. Um, you know, what's your take on on the current marketplace and uh, you know for job seekers and employers at this point? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you guys covered some really good topics before I came on, but um, you're absolutely right that the drivers, uh, I'm sorry, the candidates are in the driver's seat right now. They have been for a while. Um, And what that really means is that the demand for talent is greater than the supply of qualified applicants that are actually open to new opportunities. And I think that's the key point that candidates um, have not been open to opportunities in the last year. And I think that is a direct reflection of the pandemic. So um, like you guys said before, I mean, the pandemic, it reshaped the way we think. It reshaped the way we prioritize and manage our time and how we handle risk. And now that we're kind of on the other side of it, um, people just want more flexibility. They want to work for companies that trust them. Um, and it's less about climbing the corporate ladder. It's less about really you know, negotiating $5,000, $10,000 more on the salary. People are looking to be part of an organization that appreciates them. And when they log off at the end of the day, they feel really good about the work they're doing. I love that idea. We've kind of in the last year really seen this massive value placed on our human capital, right? And I think that started with the idea of, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, we're going to have to transform from being a team, a unit in the office to everybody's working solo from their home office, solo from their couch. And you're only communicating to each other through your team app, through your Zoom app. You're only seeing each other bits and pieces of the day and the rest of it is left to, you know, just being on that Slack. And that's your only sense of communication. Talk to us a little bit about how these flexible work trends have kind of evolved in the last year and how that has changed both companies' expectations of their employees and also employees' expectations of their companies. Yeah, absolutely. So our firm specifically went fully remote in March of this year. We'd been in an office for 10 years, and we were a little bit ahead of the game because our team members had opportunities to work from home a few days a week 
pre-pandemic, but um, it's a major, major shift in the entire workforce, but really feeling it in this market, obviously. So candidates are valuing that remote opportunity. We are talking to a record number of people who they like their company, they like their job, but they know that come September 1st or after Labor Day weekend, they're going to have to go back in the office. And that has just become a major game changer now. So um, I pulled some numbers earlier, no surprise, but we have five times the amount of remote opportunities today that we did three years ago. Um, we started to see them creep up last year, but now we're really seeing companies and, and a lot of brokerages specifically that are taking that leap. Um, you know, one example is a client that we've worked with for about six years. We've always struggled to find them quality talent because of their location. And they made the decision to offer that remote opportunity. And we've been able to really bring them some rock stars. And, and I would like to say, you know, played a part in, in helping them grow and change their business. So just need to be mindful of what the candidates want and what we've, you know, been spoiled with over the last year. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to hear if all of this holds true for us salespeople, right? Uh, all a lot of us in sales, you know, they're we're motivated, or at least the narrative says that we're motivated and driven by you know bringing in revenue and commissions, and you know there's a money hungriness that that exists in a lot of us that are in sales. And you know, you talked about you know a, a sense of fulfillment that's so important and so valuable right now with a lot of the candidates. Is that holding true for for salespeople? What are, what are salespeople looking for right now in the logistics industry? Is it the the work from home? You know, opportunities to make more money. Is it flexibility, work life balance? You know, wh what are you hearing on the ground? Yeah, I would say we're hearing it's it's less about the money and it is more about the flexibility and feeling valued. So from a sales standpoint, we we always see a spike in recruitment for customer and carrier sales between like June and October. But we've seen this trend. It started in January. So companies are out there looking for that unicorn candidate, wanting to bring on people who know non-compete, book a business. They want to stay in that independent contributor role with a lateral move. And I think the candidates are just really evaluating their surroundings. Um, they say that people leave jobs because of their bosses, not necessarily because of the company or because of the specific role or responsibilities. So um, it's just, again, humanizing our workforce, taking time to um, you know, get to know your employees on a one-by-one -one basis and, and really just the little gestures that can make a big difference. Um, so salespeople specifically have been staying put in the last six months. I mean, when we are talking to clients looking for sales talent, we need to manage those expectations up front that you really need to have something to offer these candidates that they don't currently have if you're even going to get them to listen. So um, absolutely from like a, a cold calling standpoint, candidates know they can do the same job from home. Um, I think at an enterprise level, those jobs historically have been from home. So the shift there is not as much on the flexibility and the remote opportunity, but more so on how they're treated. Are they feeling valued? What intangible perks come with the job outside of just a salary and commission potential? I really like that idea about the connection that you need to have with your leaders and with your managers to make this kind of flexible lifestyle feasible and also attractive for these people entering the workforce. 
It's kind of hard to start that conversation, though, if you're an existing employee with maybe a manager or a leader who is hesitant to change or resistant to letting you have these opportunities to work from home and be a little bit more flexible, or if you're a candidate coming in and saying, hey, I will do this job for the salary that you provided, but throw me a bone, give me some flexibility to be from home from a little bit. If you're a candidate or if you're a current employee trying to start that conversation and trying to engage your manager and your leader in changing some of this stuff, what's your advice for going about that? How would you talk about that to your leaders? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think there is a lot of ignorance right now with leaders, not only in our industry, but um, in every industry. You know, I think that we are trained to believe that hard workers put the time in and the people who are first in the office, last to leave are the ones that are the best performers, which we all know is not true. So I believe that for a successful work from home or even hybrid model, it starts with the leadership and it starts with leaders having processes, um, having structure, having goals, but then also leaders, you know, really knowing what motivates their people and, and being able to reward, acknowledge and appreciate, again, the little things along the way. So I'd say one thing that is tough with that is when you are removed from your team, you do need to put a little more focus on that metric management. And we are very much focused on measuring qualitative. I mean, we're brokering people, so it's all about the quality. But you know, we need to we need to remember that companies, you know, they they have an opportunity to get some great talent, but it lays in the leadership's hands to make it work. Um, so you don't want to put too much emphasis on the metrics. And did you hit your 100 calls today? But it's a very fine balance of the quality and the quantity of work someone's doing when you don't see them every day in the office. Great point. That is, that's all. That hit the nail on the head right there. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, big question here that I'm sure you have a lot of, uh, you know, really good insights for this, but Advice for companies that are looking to hire people. What can they do if, if companies are having a hard time plugging holes and finding good talent? What advice do you have for them? And what about advice for people who are considering making a move? Uh, should they make a move? What should they think about before uh, going about that process to, you know, should you stay or should you go, so to speak? Now's the time to consider making a move if it's even in the back of your mind. And, you know, what I'll tell you guys is that right now, our team, we've maintained the same headcounts plus or minus one or two over the last three years. But right now, we have twice as many positions that we did in all of 2020 and all of 2019. So not saying it's necessarily a reflection of, you know, CS recruiting's hard work and growth, a little bit of it is, but it's the market. People are hiring. And with this great resignation, it's creating just this very cyclical effect where people are starting to leave, which creates a vacancy. And now companies that didn't think they would need to hire have a vacancy that they need to backfill, which is increasing the need for recruitment and the need to, you know, put jobs out there. So there is a lot to leverage right now. I think candidates just really need to think about their values. And um, if they are looking for the flexibility, there are plenty of companies out there. They just need to make that connection and, and find a company where they believe in their values, in their mission, 
and also the way the leadership is running the business. Um, so from a candidate standpoint, I'd say there's more opportunity than ever right now, especially in this industry. If, if you are you know, at a 3PL and you're looking to get to the shipper side, now's the time to, to explore the options. Um, from a, a company side, it seems very obvious, but I do think that everyone needs to recognize that you know, having a, a keg or a ping pong table is not the reason people are going to come back into an office. So companies need to be realistic. They need to be flexible. I don't think that everyone is expecting a fully remote work from home model in the future, but that hybrid opportunity where, you know, they can they can cut out their commute two or three days a week and focus those days on home at home on, you know, some private conversations or more strategic work that they're they can't do in the office when they're distracted. So again, I think that leadership needs to just, you know, promote your values, know who you are and if you guys are doing the right thing, you're going to attract talent that aligns with those values and, and wants to be part of your company. So Charlie, you mentioned the idea of this productivity expectation and that you can only hit your goals, you can only hit your numbers when you're in office. Have you seen any trends about companies kind of relaxing those expectations and saying, you know what, we spent the last year watching our employees be from home and still give us this performance that has led us to meet our goals, whether that's economic, whether that's cash, whatever it is they're still seeing that growth, even though they're not necessarily seeing the in-office actual physically being there. Is that kind of a trend that's going to continue? Are more companies going to be relaxed on those expectations now that they've seen the, uh, I guess, fruit of their labor come through? Yeah, I think there's a bit of a trade-off there. You know, at the end of the day, companies still need to bring in revenue and, and have an opportunity for their employees. But um, I do think that companies are starting to really look at like the qualitative piece of it. So, you know, just simple things like one-on-ones, um, taking 15 minutes and talking to your direct reports once a month and really just hearing from them what's going on in their life and, and what is going on also professionally. Um, but the, the business is you need, still need to hold people to your metrics, but there is this other component of it. Um, you know, in our world, we do recognize that if somebody had a lower week on, you know, what we call screenings, which is evaluating candidates, um, that's because they had two offers go through and they really had to shift their attention to those offers that week. So we should have expected lower numbers. And again, I think it starts with the leadership. You've got to know your business. You've got to know what drives results. And of course, it's numbers. Of course, it's metrics. But there is a whole other human quality component to it that should not be overlooked. That's great. Um, you know, one, one last question from me. I, has there been anything that has caught you off guard or surprised you in the current situation that's out there? I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of obvious things where there's more people that are looking, you know, there's a lot of people looking for jobs and they kind of are in the driver's seat and companies are having a hard time. Like we, we kind of know that and that's obvious, but what, what's surprised you? What is completely blindsided you? Like, oh, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, there's a couple things. So um, one, the first thing is that we are still talking to the same amount of candidates that we always have. So what that tells me is that people are curious. We pique their interest with an email or they you know, have an idea that there might be something bigger, better out there for them. 
where we are losing some momentum is putting candidates in front of clients because we would never introduce a candidate to a client without their permission. So it's a lot of these conversations, more you know, informational conversations where they just want to understand the opportunity, but they're not quite ready to make that introduction and start an interview process. Um, the other thing that has just been it was mind-blowing earlier in the year, now we're really getting used to it, is the reason people are rejecting offers. So unfortunately, you know, we've seen it. I think every recruiting firm and corporate company has seen that there are more rejected offers now than ever. And what we are losing these candidates to is either a counteroffer at the company they're currently at or another opportunity that um, you know, we didn't even know about or they were entertaining on the side. So in the past, candidates rejected offers for very obvious reasons. They were lowball. The commute was too far. The jobs didn't offer the right career path. Now it has really shifted. And the reason people are rejecting them is for other opportunities. So um, in quarter two, we saw about a 6% decrease in the days to fill from the day we open a search to the day an offer letter is signed. So that is good news for candidates that companies are finally recognizing this and they realize they have to move quickly. You find someone you like, don't put them through eight rounds of interviews over three weeks because by next week, they're going to have another opportunity or they're going to show hesitation at their current job and be offered a reason to stay. So companies are moving faster um, and candidates just really need to take advantage of that. Ooh, great advice to finish out the segment. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us today. If people want to learn a little bit more about what you're doing at CS Recruiting, where should they go to get in contact with you? Well, we have a big presence on LinkedIn. So follow our company on LinkedIn. You can also check out our website, cs-recruiting.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much again for joining us. And sorry to disappoint that I wasn't Kevin, but I think we still had a good conversation. We'll make it up. It was great. Hopefully he has a safe flight. Hopefully. Uh, we hope so too. Charlie, great talking to you. Yeah, that's... You know, great stuff coming out of that. Absolutely. You know, there's a quote that comes to my mind that uh, values are only values if they cost you something. Mm -hmm. And I get the feeling that the current... Uh, candidates that are out there in the market are kind of calling businesses on that. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you have these things that you call values, and I'm not just talking about a ping pong table and a keg. What are you actually doing that's going to you know, enrich my life yep. by coming to this company? And companies are having to step up to the plate. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting time. And I think it's really interesting also to see how companies are doing that, whether that's pushing more benefits or those flexible work days, even giving promises like, hey, we're going to work on our sustainability footprint. And this is these are the actions that we're going to take in place to make not only your work life better, but entire life for everybody better as a whole. Absolutely. And then also communicating what that company's mission is. Right? Yep. Like, what, what are you doing as a company and why is it a worthwhile endeavor? Absolutely. We've got a cool event coming up tomorrow that we'll close out the show by talking about. But before we get there, we've got one more uh, sponsor to tell you about. Thai TMS is the ultimate domestic 3PL solution for LTL and full truck load freight. Thai gives you a centralized platform for sourcing load coverage by connecting you to load boards, rate intelligence, and capacity tools on a single page. And with Thai, you can automate your LTL shipments from quote to delivery all the way through your accounting process. If you're a freight broker or 3PL trying to expand quickly, Ty offers unmatched speed and scalability. So thank you guys for sponsoring Put That Coffee Down. Good folks over there. Good folks over there. And you know what? We've got good folks here at Freight Waves. We're talking about hiring and recruiting. We've got a lot of open opportunities you here. You do. 
And I've got to say, I've been here for mm, about nine, almost 10 months now. Respect the values, love the company, love the culture, and it's a great place to work, so you should come work for us. Check out the job page. Lots of good opportunities. Lots of good opportunities. Join the media team, join the experts team, join some sales team spots as well. So go ahead and go to FreightWaves.com to do that. And while you're there, slide over to live.freightwaves.com and get registered for our event that's tomorrow, virtual event, Electric and Autonomous Vehicle Summit, all about what's going on in the AV EV world, specifically around trucks. And it's pretty exciting. We've got we've got a pretty good stack of people on the way. That's a big topic right now. Mm-hmm. It's huge, and we've been talking about it a lot. Alan Adler has kind of drafted his entire you know life living the last couple of weeks around this event. It's it's set to be a pretty pretty good one. I wonder if people are going to be driving trucks with like remote control gaming things oh. at one point. That's, you know, that's, I'm just throwing that out there. I think that's a little bit of a of a big task to handle. But I will say that I talked to a group a couple, about a month and a half ago on my show at your doorstep about controlling uh, delivery robots. And there's like a third party controller like that. So it's kind of like a real life video game. Crazy, crazy world we're living in. Crazy world we're living in (laughs) indeed. Make sure that you are going on to FreightWaves.com. You can check out all of our headlines for the day. You can find links to recaps of all those. Put this put those coffee that coffee town episodes <laughs> with Kevin Hill. And like I said, you can get registered for that live event. Yeah, absolutely. Was, uh, yeah, if you have any questions, you know, drop in on LinkedIn. Leave some questions. We want to hear about your experiences and uh, if you're looking for jobs or if you're looking for employees. I hope this has been helpful for you. Absolutely. And I'll see you guys Thursday morning um, on Freight Waves Now at 9 a.m. You can catch my show at your doorstep this afternoon coming up at 2 o'clock. No great quarter, guys, this afternoon, but we've also got transmission with Grace Sharkey and Sebastian Blanco. And of course, Put That Coffee Down airs every Tuesday at noon. We'll see you guys later. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive, because when is expensive. I got expensive, because when is expensive. I've been getting out of work. And I've been shutting down the stars.